Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. This week on the Open Nesters podcast, the friendship series continues with the topic we are calling Spiritual Friendship. Tessa, here is three of your friends on one panel, and I'm looking forward to listening to it. I loved this interview because these are not people that are in my daily life. So you will feel this, this, this discussion about spirituality and the soul and how we connect in our friendships in ways that sometimes take us way beyond our five senses. So Linnea Brinkerhoff is an interfaith minister and executive coach. She uses both sides of her brains and is one dear friend that you'll hear. Esther Russell, who has been on a few of our podcasts, is an Akashic Record reader and she has a calling in love wonderful program which she facilitates and sarah levine is a birth doula and end-of-life doula and has lived in a community that teaches us also so much about spiritual friendship let's hear it from Linnea, esther and sarah welcome to the open nesters podcast this is the most honored i feel with three beautiful soulful friends who are here to talk about spiritual friendship something that all of a sudden became so real to me in this stage of life. So welcome, Sarah from Boston. Hi, Sarah, my newest friend, literally newest from this past summer. Esther, Esther, who I met probably 10 years ago, also in my 50s, just to dispel, dispel, dispel the idea that we can't make friends as we get older. Let's dispel that completely. And Linnea, who I know a little bit longer probably from my graduate program, but Really, my, these these women that came into my life and each of you have done some dear near, dear and near work in my heart in, in the moments that you've shown up. And I realized that for that reason, there's so much a, a depth of friendship that I had not explored and something that I really do want to explore. And I believe I believe that it's a multi-sensory perception of, 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 a, of a human being when they meet in the moment that's not from the five senses. And that's what I really want to discuss today. So. Let me actually start with Linnea. Um, just give me a few, you know, a few words on basically, kind of your journey. Like, if you can spend just three, four minutes on, on uh, you're an open nester with one son. You're at that stage of life as well. But where, where you are, what you think brought you like to where you are at this right now, like just to right now, in what some summary, brought me to, to where you I... are, to where you are right now. Some small. I mean, this is impossible, but I'm asking you to do it. Okay. I've had I've done it in seminars like a three four minute like what are the most important things coming up for what brought you to where you are today and it you know you can you can hum and ha, hem and hum and and not have the language Sarah and I discussed that this morning sometimes just like wow I'm trying to like feel it in my body what is coming up I'm not sure it's like this tingle like all the stuff that's felt sense right. So if we could start with that, like what's bringing you to where you are today in some summary before we get okay. into the depth of friendship? I am 58 and uh, I have become quite aware only recently of the fact that I was a corporate brat and I uh, early on my dad was on his way up the corporate ladder and I was a little girl and we had to move 
every year. And I was intensely shy and just very um, quiet and disciplined and like, and I needed a steady situation and I didn't really have that. And so what happened was I actually, uh, it wasn't natural to me to make friends necessarily, maybe one or two, but not have to recreate friendships every year and being ripped out of my natural ecosystem over and over. And so it became a skill that I had. And so people think I'm really good at it, but it's only because it was trained into me. Um, So I've been noticing that. And so I've had the capacity to build a big community on my life uh, because I, I wanted to create a sense of home and community and friendships all around the world have given me a sense of making this place called earth home. And more recently I have uh, looked at discernment around who to um, really engage with that I feel met by. And I loved how you said, um, thank you each of you for the way that you showed up in the moments that you did. And so I would say it's, it's, we lost Esther. (laughs) It's quality, right? And not quantity. And that's where I am, you know, with you and and Esther and Sarah, welcome to our world. Um, And so I'm out here in California and I've had to reinvent myself several times through many losses. I lost everything twice um, and um, financially, but then, um, have been rebuilding and then you know what do I really want in my life so I'm 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 doing what I'm in a process of what I call essentializing and um finding really what's essential and what's deeply supportive of my spiritual mental emotional health and well-being because I also work on the front lines with a lot of leaders and um silicon you know from Wall Street to Silicon Valley and and being in Silicon Valley is like being in the whole world, right? Because it's a very interesting sort of cream of the crop, you know, um, diverse uh, group of people that I'm serving that I hope will affect business and the quality decisions that they get to make and make more room for women at the strategy table, especially in, um, yeah, our, our, our breakthroughs, um, technology and and biotech and stuff like that. Um, and what else do I want to say? And I'm also working end of life, helping people uh, choreograph their final months of their lives. And um, and it's a full sensory experience because they can't, and I love the comment, and I'll just say this and be quiet here, uh, just to give you that little orientation about me. And I love that um, one of my friend's mother's who I'm tracking with, you know, she said, I'm not, she, she, you know, she has disease and all of that. And we thought she was going to go a while ago. And she said, no, 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 I am not leaving until I become fully myself. And it's like, okay, (laughs) game on is what I say to these people. I'm like, let's do it. And so 
that includes getting outside. It includes holding. It includes feeling the rhythm of music and the resonance in their body. It includes we're going out to look at the moon and I want you to feel the breeze tonight. And I don't care how hard it is to get on your walker. Let's you know get your ass up and let's find joy for these you know final times and let's find peace and contentment with the life as you've lived it, um, regardless of any regrets you have. Let's be with that. So yeah. So anyway, like that. I hope that says a little bit. As my dear friend Esther mm. told me in Colombia, aho, aho, like to all aho. of our relations. That beautiful introduction. Aho. Thank you. So Esther, how about uh-huh. you? Want to give us a little summary of all the? I know you have so many journeys you've been on, and uh, you're calling from Colombia now. But I'll I'll, I'll make it a, a um, an elevator pitch. So um, okay, okay. Well, I I only meant that in terms of condensing a whole life into a few sentences. That's actually challenging. But the yeah. book that you were referencing. Um, I love so much spiritual. Oh gosh, I love that book. In fact, I I started reading that towards the end of my marriage and realized I had to get the hell out. But I think as I am, I mean, I am not 58, I'm 61. Ha ha, Linnea. Uh, You're a little. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah's the youngest among us. So Sarah's young, youngster. So I I feel at this this juncture in my life, I've never, ever been happier. And I love what Linnea was saying about that she's choreographing people's end, you know, their end of life. And I feel that that speaks to me a lot, even though I'm not, at, thank God, I'm not, I'm not at the end. I'm, I'm in a really beautiful place. But I feel that it, it's actually, I'm very conscious of reclaiming my inner child at this stage of my life, um, reclaiming the person that I actually was um, before I became somebody I forgot. And it's interesting, and I'll, I'll reference, actually, I'm, 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 I'm here in Colombia leading, leading retreats, um, spiritual retreats, and the book I'm writing is the character has to go cross the Great Divide, and the Great Divide, I think, is the is the place in life where we stop believing in ourselves. And I think most of us stop because of social conditioning and our egos and whatever else that comes into conflict with our soul's journey and our soul's truth. And my friendships um, that I, my best friendships um, are usually ones that bring me joy. And I remember the kind of feelings I had as a child in friendships are the kinds of friends that I find that I'm cultivating now, just really deep, beautiful people who remind me of the child inside of me. So that's in a nutshell where I'm at. And just to give a repeat for Esther, because Esther's been on two of our episodes on The Open Esters, one about Mm, her soul journey, and so you could hear a lot more about her, and the other with two of her five children, talking about calling in love when they about this beautiful retreat and the work they're doing in Colombia. So I just want to reference that. Yeah. And Sarah, thank you, darling. How about you? So the question is, how did I arrive here in this moment? Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> okay. Well, even though we're recording our voices, you'll, you who can see me will see my first language, which is movement. So we'll do that while I speak. Um, so interesting. <laughs> 
I think I am. Um, I came from a very academic, heady of the world, successful kind of space. And then at university, one of my professors closed the door and said, I'm going to teach you all what you really need to know. Close, mm-hmm. close, your, close your eyes. And he had us close our eyes and sit in silence. I was 20 years old. Like nobody had ever suggested that I had an internal life. <laughs> um, so that was, that was like a moment of how did I get here? Okay. Um, I closed my eyes and I sat still. Um, and then, um, shortly after that, I, by the grace of all good fortune, got swooped up by a group of women who were about 10 years older than me, 10, 15 years older than me and invited into a women's group. And I was raised in this community of women who sat together, who sat in the dark, who lit candles, who sang together, who touched each other, who called in magic, who, who said, okay, like <clears throat> out there, you know, we're in this competitive, patriarchal, capitalistic <sighs> kind of space. And in here, in here, we create our own world. Like in here, we, we listen and we love each other and, and we see each other and we are in our bodies. I mean, it was just like a completely different reality. Um, and that started in my early 20s. And it was like, well, okay, this is the reality I want to live in. And so it's just been a path of mm-hmm. you know, sort of following and reclaiming. Um, I've done doula work. Um, I've done birth doula work. I've done end of life hospice work. And my friends joke like, okay, I have those, those portals. Like I've, I've had that curriculum. I've done like getting here and leaving here. And right now I'm in the chapter of, okay, so what the fuck do we do while we're here? You know, like, and that's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. So. And Sarah, how you have two kids that are just out of the nest, right? And, and you're married for. Um, I've been married for 23 years, 24 years. Um, our youngest daughter just left. She's here in her second year of school. My husband and I are living alone for the first time. We've been together for 25 years. We always lived in community. So when she left, um, we were doing it all backwards. This is our first time ever living alone together. We're like making it up as we go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing about my women and my friendships, yeah. and we were talking about reclaiming our childhood selves. I feel like there's a way that we make we make up like we play together we make up the world as we want it to be and it's like playful and delicious and it feels like incredibly political and necessary and powerful so that's that's what i'm up to so i love oh. the fact that Ch- that everything i've heard from all of you it kind of takes me to what I've been rereading this spirit, you know, Gary Zukov's spiritual partnership, which is really about the deep partnership that you live with. And yet there are so many aspects of it that I decide really apply to friendships that can emerge from this multi-sensory place, this momentary understanding that's deeper than just the external life or the logistics of being a local supportive community and bringing each other food 
or of a long-term friendship that knows each other since they're babies or children. That that, And I think that that childhood spirit also does really touch that. And yet that it also, what it helps us do is it helps us challenge and heal our fear. If it's a real momentary connection that eventually can just be in the universe. So for all, the reason this is interesting for me is because I am not in touch with any of you on a very regular basis. And every so most people, their perception of friendship is very much like friendship have to show up on a on a certain expectation. And so I started reading these benefits of spiritual partnership by Gary Zukov. I'm going to go through them. Actually, I'll say them. I'm going to read them all once. And then I think we're going to go through it and discuss them because I think that's the best structure that somebody as unstructured as me can possibly do in this situation. <laughs> so, um, so the first one he has in benefits is love for yourself. The second is meaning and purpose. The third is joy and conscious co-creation. The fourth is real courage. The fifth is intimacy that comes from integrity. The sixth is the ability to use drama and tragedy for spirit to grow spiritually. The seventh oh. is deeper commitment to growing spiritually. Seventh is compassion or the eighth for yourself and others. And the last one is to experience the universe as compassionate and wise. So I looked at those and I thought, wow, when we connect with someone in a moment, and I did like, so Sarah's my newest friend because we drove in together on a day that no one else was coming to this, what's the name of that festival? Unifier Festival in New England. And I never went to it. And I drove into it on a Sunday when no one else was driving into it because they had arrived Thursday, Friday. And we pulled in at the same time. And I turned to her, I said, hi, I'm Tessa. She said, hi, I'm Sarah. And we spent the whole day together, swimming naked, dancing, singing, chanting. Like it was an instant understanding. And so the fact that we're never at a complete level of any of these things. So let's talk about love for ourselves. I don't think no matter what, we all have the doubts because of the stuff in the media, because of the stuff in the world, because of how we show up, because of different traumas and all the healing we need to do. How do you think friendship even in a moment that you connect with a person and then you see their soul. And the way I know with the two of you, I've, I connected deeply with Linnea in my graduate school and with Esther in so many ways with her kids and with being around and in her Jewish life. And then her other experiences moving on, like how do we help each other with our love for ourselves? That's, that's my first question on this scale of benefits. How do you help your friends? Not just me. How do you help your friends? So, so I, 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 I mean, I'm I'm entirely clear that these kinds of spiritual partnerships are really founded on uncon it's unconditional love. That no matter what you do, who you are, how you screw up, how you show up like an idiot, how you how you achieve, how you raise your kids, it's just loving that other person and hearing them and seeing them beyond the surface value of what it looks like they're doing. I think. And it's, it's also vibrational. You can feel, I know you talked about, you know, he Gary Zukav talks about this multi-sensory beyond that. Well, that's, it's, it's like the sixth sense or the seventh sense of knowing beyond the realm of the empirical, what we see. It's knowing, a per, it's, it's a soul connection. It's a tribe. It's a soul tribe that's, uh, people who experience this don't say, oh, well, what's that? They just know. 
I know Tessa and Linnea, I, I don't know our other guests are that well, Tessa, Tessa and Linnea, that I can tell you something or that maybe I'm ashamed of or that I'm really challenged by. And I'll be received with love. Um, and that self-love is it's just unconditional. It's, it starts with, I don't have to be anything special. I can just be me. That's it. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I'm loved. And seen. It's what I hope I've given my kids. Mm. And seen. Yeah. Mm. Linnea or Sarah, anything about love for self on the first part that is resonant for you right now? Enormous self-compassion and radical empathy toward self. And I have, you know, no matter what and have tripped over myself and my life and the clumsiness and the, whatever led to my own demise at different times. Um, I always, what really helps me is to return to a place of innocence in my own heart. And therein is the child, right? And so I, being willing to hold her, play with her, nurture her. And that is my first relationship, right? Um, and I'll say two other things. So I always know now, I know my intent is really pure and really consistent. And I have more reality on how other people might interpret me and um, that it's not always favorable how they interpret me. And that's less interesting to me now. That used to be everything I shaped myself around and sold out on who I was in order just to be seen in a positive light. It's like, hmm, I actually know now my own heart so deeply, you know? The, <laughs> the other thing is that ver um, belonging is a verb, not a noun. And it's like, it's happening right now. It's happening with us right now. And we're just belonging because we say we do and we can. And it's like, and I love what you said. I'm just going to make the link to the final one that you mentioned is the context, our willingness to hold inside ourselves a benevolent universe. And to come from that context is like, it just breaks my heart open with beauty. It's like, what world are we going to create, you know, if we hold the opposite? <laughs> and there's too much of that, right? So, you know, people, and so I'm, and I'll just say this last thing is that I have an experience with people like you that we've all been on this like parallel track doing our best. And thank God, you know, we've survived and we've come this far and we've come through so many different things. And I'm so proud of us, you know? And then also it's <laughs> that I cease to be like a individual just interested in my own comfort. And I meet you and I go, okay, great. Check, 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 check. Let's go, you know, and let's be focused on, on creating the world we want to live in. So it's like, yeah, let's get down to it. <laughs> so it's a soul family thing. Yeah, thank you. It's a soul recognition. Thank you. I love Beautiful. it. I love it. Mm. Sarah? I mean, the, the thing that comes to mind in this moment, the words, the few words are, <sighs> so the group people recently and we sang, we were together, we ended up with, what else is there to do but love? Right. And like, 
once you get there and you know that that's a choice, that like that is always a choice just to be there. Like, why would we choose anything else? And I think that in our own ways, we find our ways to hold that field for ourselves and for each other. And then we just keep feeding and expanding that, right? Um, so we are expanding it. So, yeah. so the meaning and purpose, which is the next one, like I would say, Sarah, what, how do you feel like a friendship offers meaning and purpose? How do you feel like that mm. is offered in, in a friendship? Oh, so much. I mean, I think the simple things, the simple, powerful things of holding witness, of holding memory, of listening. I mean, these simple, elemental, human nervous system things we need from each other that get so like lost and scattered in the world. I mean, to be able, I mean, talk about meaning and purpose. Like just to be able to be still with somebody, you know, to hold someone's hand. <laughs> I mean, like, right? It's so elemental. Um, Sarah or Master Linnea, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah. I, I would offer that, and I just thought about this the other day, how... <laughs> I feel like I would be such a dork if I did not have my female friends to play off of and to say, oh, my God, how is it that you're you? How did you develop that in yourself? How is it that you're holding yourself in such beauty and regard? And what? You just had that insight and you just accomplished that goal and wrote that book. And I'm just like fainting all over the place because I can't <laughs> <laughs> how fabulous you know these women are uh, that but honestly who would i be without those reflections and those beings that i can literally map my being on and again so it's like yeah i like mm. i'm gonna i want to grow that part of me otherwise i i'd be totally lost <laughs> and I think that that leads to the third one, which is joy and conscious co-creation. Like you are joy. I mean, mm. I've danced with Linnea and danced with each of you. It's like, and I can't say that about everyone mm. in my life. I mean, most people have danced with me at some point, but sometimes they've been a little, you know, drunk or something. But the truth is, I feel like I've had sober, soulful dancing with each of you. And I do feel that it's it's that joy of expression in our most intimate selves that is that conscious co-creation. So you just said it by saying that's that's his next step as a partnership. In that moment, there's a conscious co-creation when we when we are aware of it, when we experience the awareness of it, right? So I think that was to the next step. I mean, Esther, if you want to go back, you're welcome to. But the meaning and purpose and joy and conscious co-creation. How do you see that in friendship or as a piece of your it's interesting because uh, you were saying that you feel so lost. And I think as a soul in a body, I'm very identified with my spiritual or my, my sense of self since I'm a little child. I've never felt totally connected to being in this physical world. <laughs> and I think I still feel like that very much so. One of the things that brings me back to self that brings me back to being wanting to be here in a physical body is laughter. 
as you know, my, my uh, laughter therapy that I used to do, laughter, joy, dance, movement, everything that I call sort of like the soul language, things that are above and beyond what it means to be here in a, in a physical space, a physical body. But the ways I connect most deeply with my friends are through all that, all the things that we don't really need to use our words that are the constructs of our minds that, you know, you were saying, sorry about the academic. I also come from a highly academic family and they have no idea who in the hell I am or where I came from. But my friends bring me back to, wow, I'm me. I can be me. I'm okay being me. It's me, you know. And I think it's interesting. I I, I don't know. You know, I was interested. Linnea, what you were saying also, like you corporate, the corporate, when we grow up in an environment that doesn't necessarily reflect us, we need to go out looking. And then the friendships that we do create along the way, I think are even that much more connected and soulful and meaningful. So, um I think the laughter, the joy, the dance, all of that allows us to just really be human, be human in a beautiful way. Not all the ways that the world defines as, you know, look, we live in a, the human condition can be one of a lot of suffering. So it's um, choosing, it's a choice to be in joy and and to be in love. And, And you know that, I mean, calling in love is sort of an, outgrowth of that. It's my business that I've created with my kids to create more love in the world. And that's all I really want to do anymore. There's like nothing else for me. There's nothing else to do. So that's where I'm holding with that. But I'll let someone else talk. May I acknowledge you, <laughs> I acknowledge you for something, Esther? <laughs> Honey, I'm remembering yes, it was probably about six years ago. And um, oh. oh, my dear God. I can't imagine either of us eating more crap at that time. We were both like <laughs> licking the sidewalk. We were buried down and out. We had nothing going on. No money coming in. Our, oh, my house gosh, was going to foreclosure. I was, you know, going through separation oh. after 10 years with my partner. You were in between gigs and, you know, living down there on the beach in Connecticut and, you know, and sobbing all the time doing it. And then, but every time you and I saw each other, like you came <sighs> to my house to help me like pack. Oh, gosh, and I'm sitting there surrounded yeah. like that. <laughs> and somehow, <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I, like, yeah. and somehow we just made, just interacted in such a way and got underneath each other's, you know, the circumstances of our lives wow. into wow. The, yeah. like, our life force. And we just like made each other buoyant and we laughed at our own situations. We laughed. Just we started laughing. Astounding. Later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding oh, me. That's, that's I think that's the essence of what you're of what you're actually asking. Tessa, as that's it. It's going to, and you know what? We've all probably been together before doing the same thing and lifting each, and reminding each other that these are just the drama, but there's something, zoom out, there's something so much bigger happening that we're learning and growing and doing here. It's um, it's beyond just. So I'm, look, I'm uh, looking, listen, you know, I'm looking, and also doing. I'm looking at the next, the next, some of these next bene- things about a yeah. social partnership and, and intimacy that comes from integrity. Mm. So almost like your your integrity mm. of, of going through the hardship 
And then the next one is the ability to use tr- drama and tragedy for growth spiritually. It's like, <laughs> when we witness that in each other, the two things, mm. it's bringing up the integrity of, of, of not performative stuff, of not what I have to look like and appear to be, but where I really am so that I can connect with you, especially with where you are, when we really show up that way. I mean, it's really, it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, the, this, I don't know, the, the next step is actually real courage. But Sarah, if you had anything about this idea of intimacy and integrity and this coming through towards um, spiritual growth, which I think I does do, take courage. I'm going to break the rules for a second and go backwards. Okay, go backwards. To joy and purpose. Because when you guys were talking, I was just thinking, I have this friend, I just want to put this in here. And we have these days where we decide to just celebrate the shit out of each other. That's what we call it. Like, <laughs> And we text each other and we're like, I just cleaned my butter dish. <laughs> and she'll be like, I returned it over to library book. Yeah, you know, and we just like... The, the most mundane, like, no one, you know, like, you don't get credit for that with anybody, but, you know, and so, mm. anyway, I just wanted to let you know, it's, it's like, it's the best. It's like, you know what? I went to the basement, I got the new toilet paper, and I changed the toilet paper in the bathroom upstairs. <laughs> She's like, you rock. I want to be your friend. I'm coming over. <laughs> I want to see that toilet paper. <laughs> and we just... <laughs> So anyway, just putting that out there. Oh, so that came. But we can move on. I know. <laughs> I love no, how you came Sarah. up with the joy. The joy is always should always lead. I love going back and forth, and I do not need to go forward. It is all good. <laughs> yeah, and Sarah, you. I want to affirm what you said, which was really it was profound. It was like basically you said we we feed the field. We're feeding the field constantly. And then and then when we need it, yeah. we tap into the field that we've all created. Mm. And then I'm going again. And then it's this beautiful, virtuous cycle. So I, I want you to know I heard that. And that was amazing. And so this is another way. Yeah. You and it's trust, right? It's based on the integrity and trust that we really hold each other so we can we can go anywhere, mm. right? We can do grief and despair. And we can do, you know, we just, it's such a full spectrum that we have each other. We don't need to chop it off anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and and one of the steps nice. that we kind of glossed over, but I believe is so rich, is the real courage. Because if you have mm-hmm. real courage, you're also able to set boundaries. And you're also able to talk about hard things with someone you love, a friend. You're able to help them see each other with courage. And that is a hard one. So I did want to talk about that for a little while. Like how you bring up the things that you know will help someone grow by witnessing them, but by helping align with where they are so we can grow together, which takes a certain level of 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 um of evolution and consciousness, obviously, and courage. Like, why do you think there's real courage needed for that? And how do you have any examples of that? I guess I would ask. I was I was a wee bit confident. <laughs> <laughs> but I have this friend Ellen, who is just like, bring it, let's do it. Just put it out there. And so there are women in our circle and we channel Ellen when we need that. And now I've, you know, embodied her to myself and we'll think of her and call her in. Um, but I really get it now. The idea that like we keep saying, having it all, having the conversation, and bringing it in 
it's information, it's resonance, it's sat, you know, it's current. And if it's here, great. Let's let's be with it. Um, let's be with the hard the, the, the and and how do you bring bring it up with courage? Because people out there always wonder, like, how do I tell a friend that I know that they're going through something that I could suggest? And I do think there's some level of if we've done some kind of a lot of our own work and you hope that they have that you just suggest something, you know, do you want a suggestion or do you just want to be listened to is one way, one kind of easy technique for us to come back to to try to help someone. But if we need to show up with our own boundaries, that takes courage. And I will say that I've had a number of instances like that where I've had to either I wouldn't say sever a friendship, but just say this is taking too much of my, it's draining too much of me right now. And and it's an important thing to know where you're able to give your energy to. And I don't want to negate that because it's not all just, I mean, friendships are beautiful and sustaining and help us grow. And they help us learn how to set boundaries for our needs, just like any other partnership. So does it, I mean, I even had a friend in, in South Florida, one of my dearest friends now, who was going through a really hard time with her husband, but wasn't able to communicate it and took it out on me. And so finally, I had to put up boundaries and just say, you know, I, I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just be at the butt of all of it now. Like just, I just can't do that. I have too much else in my life and I'm here for you when you're, when you want to meet me, when you want to meet me. So it took her many years, but she was able to then meet me. And wow. I would say that that's, it's a, it's an important thing. I mean, I I don't even know if I said it, to be really honest. I think I also just thought to myself, okay, this this friendship is not one that I can invest in anymore. And since she wasn't, you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. touched so much, in my own mind, I just let it go. And then things come back when they're meant to. And now this is my closest friend in one of the world, in the whole world, one of them. And so I will say that we don't just because we let something go and we have, we know our how to have, and that's a part of integrity too. It takes some courage. To have the integrity in any partnership, any friendship, and friendships are essential to me. They are integrity. Uh, 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 they can serve as a central part of of my life, and so that's why I'm so serious about this discussion mm-hmm. about friendship. So, if any mm-hmm. of you have thoughts about though that being something that you showed real courage in, or that you saw someone else show up with real courage, Linnea, it looks like you have some. I want to offer two things. Um, one is that <clears throat> this comment. Everyone wants to go to heaven. Um, very few people want to die. <laughs> and, so, and it's like, you know, and they and then, and, and then there's this cartoon, you know, it says, you know, here's the doorway to heaven. And here's the doorway for talks, lectures about heaven. And so there was, you know, nobody lined up for the heaven. Everybody was lined up. You know, they want to hear about it. And so. What I notice is that the the dearth of that intimacy that people avail themselves of, actually, that they say they so dearly need and want. And I'm, you know, thinking of a dear friend who's a senior therapist, you know, like sees hundreds of people and provides for them and and has no one that she really leans into. Oh, and that's been, you know, a 50 year journey for her and she can speak about it. And when she gets close to the experience of having the intimacy, it's like she doesn't even know what that can really be or feel like. So I do take it on to be 
that for her as much as possible. But she still speaks about the world like, oh, we all have such a hard time with intimacy. We all, this, we all that. And I'm like, that is not my reality. Right. So um, it's one of those. And I think and so that's why I say belonging is a verb and her and her choice and the choice of many is keeping themselves on the outside of that experience um, because of whatever that threatens. It actually means a death. It actually mm. means a little death, right? In order to get to that larger sense of intimacy, mm. life with themselves. And so I hold a lot of empathy for uh, our beloveds and our friends and the women and people listening to this who might be in that place. It's like we've got to get used to feeling what it feels like in a sensory way to be held, seen, as, as Sarah's talking about. The other thing, and I'll just say where I exercise some courage, I... I took a friend out for lunch and just I'm impassioned about her. She's fabulous. And it was her birthday. And, and, <laughs> and then it was like, she showed up for me in a way at lunch that was like, I spent $200 on this big lunch. I was all excited. I got all these gifts. And then she's like, Oh, I'm not quite feeling right. No, I have to go take care of my dog. And I was just like, <clears throat> I deflated, you know, I was all bummed and I left and I was all dressed up and excited. So I tried to take myself out and enjoy the afternoon. But then I realized I was bummed. And this was, there was a theme here. And I was like, oh, oh, I can't say it. I don't want to screw this relationship up. I love, right. And so, and then I noticed I was like, ah, gently withdrawing. And then, and then she's like, what, what's going on? What, what, what? you know? So, and then I said, uh, uh well i'm just feeling a little awkward about the friendship mm. i was like i did not want to say it and she's like really what and so i was like well it's just a little chaotic for me and i feel like we never really get to settle and my nervous system i'm not whatever you know and she goes i'm so glad you told me that she said i feel the same about you <laughs> 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 like so then but a boom you know crescendo it's like okay let's do better on this thank you for telling me you know and of course the last thing she said was well i am german you know and so the point being that <laughs> we relate <laughs> differently and so there's the culture difference there's a rhythm and for me it's all about the nervous system these days right what puts me in that long wave, that gentle cycle with each other and a flow. And, and it's true. Her cultural Germanness was like freaking me out. <laughs> so whatever that's worth. Yeah. And your, your passion expression, I think, can overwhelm some people. I adore it. But it's like, yeah, that could sound chaotic to someone. who. That's so interesting. It's like the way people show up sometimes is not right for that human being right in front of you and being courageous enough to. Like I remember during my consciousness studies, all my my cohort was all they were all introverts, and I always felt like I'm such an extrovert. And finally, kept on saying, "Okay, I'm gonna bring my extrovert in." And that time, this time over the last ten years, has helped me love being alone and finding my introvert. Mm -hmm. I think people can settle with me a little better, and that takes, I guess, I would call, I guess, some some real courage. And then showing up. I mean, Sarah, do you have any examples that you have with friends that have been hard or you've had to show up with courage? thought that comes to mind. I literally had to sh literally shut a door on a friend um, not that long ago. We were having a gathering. This is somebody who is typically at the very high end spectrum of needy. And most people shrink from her because it's such a 
you know, suck of energy and she's trying. So we had an event. We had a time. We were all starting. We had agreed to be there. Lots of agreements to hold the container. And she was late. We waited. Da, da, da. She showed up. She showed up later than late. We had started. And one of the hardest things I've ever done, I met her at the door and I said, I'm sorry, we've started and you can't come in. And she said, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I'm telling you this, you know, oh, I love you. We can talk about this tomorrow. And I closed the door <laughs> because I was done feeling resentful and accommodating and pulling the energy from the group and being disruptive to overfunction to take care of her. It's not what she needed. That's what she's been doing for 10 years. And that's why everyone avoids her. And so it was, I couldn't believe I did it. Congratulations. No, it really is. Those are hard things for us to do. And it's so. And to her credit, she wrote me a beautiful letter that, you know, email that night, apologizing and thanking me for closing the door. And it was a turning point. And we've talked and we've processed and she's asking for the feedback now, the hard feedback, right? Um, And people feel it. So. You know, I was going to say at this point, the best piece of parenting advice I ever got or heard, which totally I just applies to our friendship, any relationship, was that thing like when the kids are like, but oh no, 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 can I? You know, it was like, sweetie, at the end of the day, I need to be able to look myself in the mirror and have respect for my relationship to myself and the choices I'm making. And so I feel like that's with our friends too. Like when you say like the boundaries get funky, the what to say or not to say. It's like, I need to be in integrity with myself. That's like, that's the relationship. And then that's what, that's all I have to give anybody else anyway. Right. So if I get too pulled from that, like I'm not doing anybody any good. So that's where I go. And that's actually, I'm saying this this because I love you, even though it's not what you want to hear. Right. That, that is, that is the thing that helps us. I mean, it it does. You know, one of the, yeah, one of the things actually that <clears throat> is coming up from for me is that when we approach a person um, with courage, it actually when you if you check and you monitor yourself, you say, "Is this coming from love, or is this not coming from love?" And if it's coming from love, and you're really a human being who loves deeply, and you say it from love, you can never go wrong ever. You set boundaries, you do this, you do that. It's always going to be in the highest good and the highest alignment for the entire situation. So those are those are such good points. And Sarah, you're mentioning of of it's almost like yeah. compassion for yourself is first checking in, like what, what Esther's saying to the love. Mm-hmm. Is is mm-hmm. am I gonna have respect and compassion for myself before mm-hmm. I can I mean, you know, they we talk about that with the airplane, checking care of yourself. But it's really deep. Right. It's really deep. Like, how do I first have compassion and respect for myself in order for me to function at my higher self and and be able to look at where is my ego getting in the way? Where is, you know, all the different parts of myself wanting to perform rather than feeling that there is some hurt here and I have to communicate it. And what's the best way to do that? So I really commend you all for coming up with some examples. Um, And the last point that he had is this experience, which Linnea mentioned of the universe as a compassionate and wise place. Mm -hmm. How do friends Mm -hmm. help us? How do friends help us do that? I mean, how do you think friends help us feel that 
um, it's almost like I felt really by, by connecting. So Sarah, I met literally, I said, walking in and then, and this is the most recent example, and I have not a great memory every moment about all my visceral feelings, which are enormous in my life. But this morning we talked and we both felt so elevated. Like I know that when I speak to a friend, I feel that the world is a better place because I connected to even someone brand new that I won't call a long-term friend yet, but I can call they're become like a connected to my soul in the moment. So they're my friend in that, in that space, in that space that we co-create and all of these other things so that Ooh. the universe feels like there, there's a possibility of meeting a stranger and changing a life and changing our lives and changing other lives. Because as we change our lives, we change other lives. So that's kind of where I see that idea of this experience of friendship being about this larger picture. Do any of you have any thoughts about that? You know, it's, it's interesting what's coming to me is how when we go to see a performance or a theatrical event or a musician or a dance or something that's um, creating a, an environment that's a sacred space, it's um, creating a, a vibration. I said this before, but it's creating an environment where the performer is actually taking everybody on a journey to something bigger than themselves, to an experience bigger than themselves, to values that are transcendent, to an experience that's transcendent. So I think when we meet friends like that, um, it reminds us of what we're really supposed to be doing here and who we really are. And so we remember. I think that's a really great word, that the belonging, it's a remembering of who we are, of what we're really doing here. We're not doing a lot of times <clears throat> the mundanity of our lives, but we're actually here. And, and the simple things can also remind us of that. We remember through just the simple, like meeting someone who you just love immediately. You're remembering yourself and remembering them and remembering that it's all about connection. It's, it's really uh, connecting and if everybody in the world does that, just think we just would be living in a place where nobody could hurt each other because we realize we're all connected. So, yeah. Thank you. I love that. Um, Esther, you said earlier when you were describing yourself, mm. uh, yeah, I wrote it down. I became somebody that I forgot. Mm. And I just love that. It's like, oh, my God. So we find <laughs> each other. So yeah. We really are. And that yeah. More of our raison d'etre. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Nice. Nice. And yet, well, I, yeah. oh, gosh. No, go ahead. no, just laughter. Laughter is just the greatest messenger for that, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, stop taking yourself so fucking seriously. You know, life is really a lot funnier and and it's like zoom out and see that okay so you're heartbroken so you're broke so this happened so that okay you're not the first one and you're not the last one it's gonna happen again and it's gonna happen over and over through eternity until our planet ex implodes or explodes which it's gonna do anyway so what the hell <laughs> so we might as well love and, and, exactly. and, and, and Esther said I mean exactly. actually Linnea said not quantity but quality 
And and yet I have, you know, there's this interesting uh, article that David Brooks, New York Times, quotes this anthropologist who writes about that we can only have 150 friends that can come to a wedding. We can only have 15 in a circle, our bigger, our little bigger circle, and then five in our immediate. And I, I, I don't necessarily agree with this at all. And actually, Sarah, because you've grown up in a community, I'd like to hear your numbers on on, on the idea of, or any, any other else's last words, if, Sarah, if you wanted to talk also about this last uh, point of a bigger world. But how do you think friendship shows up for you? I, I don't think it's on numbers. That sounds like economic theory or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about resonance. And how about um, this idea of the world being a better place because of friendships? The the words that came to me were, is it Ram Dass who says we're all walking each other home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, and again, I go back to the same like capitalism and patriarchy, you know, like, we were sort of positioned to compete and scarcity of resource. But what if we actually live in a world where we're all there for each other? We're all there as support and encouragement and witness and joy. I mean, that makes for a more compassionate world, right? Linnea and I hosted a, we produced an event together when I was at the Graduate Institute with Charles Eisenstein, who talks about the more beautiful world of heart knows is possible and and did sacred economics discussion. So these ideas are so resonant to me for friendship because it's how we show up immediately with the person in front of us and how we love in the moment that is about friendship and is about making the world a better place. So this has been what I knew, an amazing discussion that will enrich a lot of lives. Do any of you have any last words you want to share? Yeah, I love Charles Eisenstein. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't realize you guys didn't invent with him. Just there's so much beyond. It's like looking at the world with our inner eyes. That's what I think friendship is, so seeing the person through my inner eyes, not the eyes that look out, but the eyes that see in. And it doesn't happen. I think those 15 friends, I wouldn't say I even have 15 friends. I think I have a lot of friends, but I think the kind of friendship that you're discussing is very rare and it's um, very special when you find it. And I think that's what makes it special. I don't think that it's, you could, there's, I think everybody's different. We all connect with each other differently, but I think that friendship is so precious because it is rare, but maybe also it's just the state of consciousness and human evolution that we're in. Maybe as we, as people evolve or as our humanity evolves, it will become more normalized to have really deep connections and communication with with lots and lots of people. That actually sounds more expansive. Yeah, I mean, I would think dancing together is a language of love, Mm. right? Don't we all know that? Linnea, Linnea, did you have something you wanted to wind down with? Because I know you also have. I was at an event last night. um, And it has it was it's all about micro loaning to women and um, I've been a coach supporting social entrepreneurs around the world. And this was their holiday gathering in the president. I sat next to the president of the organization and, you know, she said she didn't like name this movement, this movement. It happened because there was a momentum and she had only one goal to be around fabulous women. And 
you know, but so, and I'm thinking, you know, who am I? I'm sitting next to her, whatever, whatever. And then at the end, you know, she said, cause there were all these fabulous women. And, oh my gosh. And then she like, you know, took me and looked deep in my eyes. She's like, I always feel so calmed when I'm around you. I feel so <laughs> seen. I, I feel so held. There's, there's, it's like all of me can be here. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And what I, I was just kind of overwhelmed with the compliment, but really what I kind of, I don't know if it makes any sense that I don't want this to sound arrogant, but it's kind of like, that's mm. my intention. Yes. And I'm really glad that, you're experiencing that because again, I'll just say it. My goal is to be moment to moment in such a way that whatever's happening, I'm create co-creating the world I want to live in. Right. And so it's just, and it's moment by moment, it's conversation by conversation. It's courage to have the intimacy with self and awareness and then reach out side of ourselves for, you know, and trust that, um, yeah, universe is benevolent. So, yeah, thank so you. Beautiful, and it is, and it's so it's so good to brag about ourselves. So I'm happy that you did that because that's what that's actually what Sarah was saying to celebrate ourselves. Why are we doing it in a competition? We need to do it in light, right? In illumination. So, Sarah, do you have any last couple of things you want to mention? Well, you know what? I as you said that, I thought between the time we spoke this morning and you said we we're having this conversation. I got a text from a dear friend and this, I will read this as our little closing. She said, women need other women in their lives who think they are a big deal. No competition, no backhanded comments, no jealousy, no hate. Just, I love you. I support you. There is no one on the earth like you kind of energy. Oh. Oh, what a great way to end this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I'm loving Beautiful. on all of you. If you could stay on afterwards, I'm going to let anybody who needs to go, go and stop the recording. But thank you from the depth of my heart and soul for this beautiful conversation about my favorite topic. I love each of you. Yes, I had known both of these women. I don't know Sarah, but I know both of Esther and Linnea. And I watched you throughout the years how certain women, friends of yours, very good friends of yours, I think that each and every one of them, each and every one of them sees you as their best friend. And I see that each and every one of them provide different value to you, different aspect, different love. You talked about languages of friendship. Certainly I see distinct friendship language with those two or those three. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you actually were able to listen through it. I know it's not an area that you spend time on. And yet I think that this feminine that has to rise and help us all kind of in, engage in slower, more patient, more listening to the soul is for all, for men and for women. So for all of you who stayed through this wonderful interview with me, I hope that you've benefited from it. I really look forward to hearing so much about how you engage with your friend or meet someone or how that moment feels like it's it's that you've known them forever. I know it feels that way when you are interacting with these uh, spiritual women. So yes, 
I love to hear that and I love to see you flourishing and you invest so much in your relationship with your friends. You really do, Tessa. And, I, and I'm just in awe. I wish I had that, what I call superpower, to invest what you do with your friendships. It comes from love and I feel fulfilled from it. So thank you for witnessing and I hope, I really do wish for many of us that that witnessing of friendships and how it makes us better how it really helps us touch our higher selves. I think this interview did a lot of that, and I don't think I have to continue to say much more since it's been... No, you don't have to. Visit our website, theopennesters.com. Don't forget, listen to this friendship series. It is really, really valuable and relevant to all of us. And don't forget to leave us a comment. Tell us what you like to hear. Tessa, I'm sure, like to know what is your story. Well, that's what I keep asking for. When the, If you could email me about how you feel about friendships or the moments that have changed you because of friendships, or you, if you'd like to leave an audio message, we will include you in this friendship series. It would be so wonderful. And I am doing my own practices as I develop this ebook about friendship. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will also get the new practices of how we develop, in this case, spiritual friendships. Absolutely. So till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And I'll see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.